from Transport Topics in Washington, D.C. This is Road Signs. And now here's your host, Michael Fries. Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. We welcome you to this special two-part year-in-review episode. In this second part, we'll ask the simple question, how has COVID-19 affected the trucking industry in 2020? We'll set out to answer this question, and we'll catch up with Seth Clevenger, Managing Editor of Transport Topics Feature, later in the program. But now, we would like to welcome Eleanor Lamb, Transport Topics Reporter. Welcome back, Eleanor. All good to be with you, Michael. No problem. So happy you can join us again. Thanks for having me. You, you all know, and anyone you've talked to, that the most pressing issue of 2020 is coronavirus, no matter what industry you're in. It's hard to avoid. Um, one anecdote I'd like to share. I remember traveling from Ohio to Virginia in April um, when the offices were closed. And I just noticed on the way there on the Pennsylvania Turnpike that the roads were dominated by Class 8 trucks. And their presence was pretty much constant. Um, as you reported, you know, th- that trend caused a slight decline in diesel gas sales since January 2020. But gasoline sales was worse by more than tenfold. Um, can you discuss that dynamic and the domino effect that it caused? Sure, Michael. Yeah, that's true. You know, truckers, uh, people started really paying attention to truckers during the coronavirus pandemic, you know, and we at Transport Topics have been paying attention to them for a while, but people finally started to notice, oh, who's hauling my paper products and my disinfectant spray? And it, you know, people started to realize that truckers had to stay on the roads during the coronavirus. There was no option to work from home like like you or I or many other people are doing. And what was key about that, that dynamic is the translation to revenue. Uh, you know, of course, trucks uh, run on diesel, so yeah. truckers need to uh, to purchase diesel. And states rely on fuel tax revenue to, uh, to keep their projects going, to basically fund them. That is really their bread and butter. So what happened during the coronavirus pandemic, uh, especially in that sort of March, April, May timeframe, that's when we saw the, the steepest dip, if you will, we saw gas tax revenue, you know, the, the that, that passenger vehicles use, that really tanked because people were staying home. They weren't traveling as much. Their vacation plans were scrapped and they were kind of hunkering down. So, so gas tax revenue, which states really, really rely on, took a big hit. Diesel tax revenue took a small hit, but not nearly as bad. And it actually kind of evened out pretty darn quickly. And that's, you know, we have truckers to thank for that as well. We have, we have them to thank for our soap and our food, but we also have them to thank for uh, providing a little bit of financial stability to state departments of transportation because truckers didn't stay home when everyone else was and they kept going. And that translated into a little bit of financial stability for state departments of transportation, which was kind of an interesting dynamic. You know, it's not something that you immediately think of is when, you know, you're paying at the pump, oh, I'm supporting my State Department of Transportation or whichever state you happen to be in when you're purchasing fuel. But that's really important. And it's something that truckers kind of uh, offered a little bit of stability for during the pandemic, uh, which it makes sense too. you know, it makes sense to think that they're still hitting the road when a lot of people are are staying home. And I checked in with various states. I talked with Indiana. Uh, I talked with the director of the Wyoming Department of Transportation, and they all noticed a similar trend. 
you know, they said that that trucks were were really staying on the roads. They haven't seen a dip in traffic volume when they saw an enormous dip in passenger vehicle volume. And over the summer, Michael, I don't know if, if you experienced this, but, you know, if you hit the road at all, you'd notice that passenger vehicles sort of started to come back a little bit. They, they were on the uptick this summer. Um, and that kind of uh, marked a little bit of a restoration toward normal traffic levels. But uh, overall, I got to tell you, the picture still looks pretty bleak. States are out hundreds of millions of dollars in uh, in gas tax revenue. So they're still really kind of suffering from the effects of this pandemic. You know, let's, let's touch upon that. You know, one of the things that you just explained, you know, the trucking industry, just like any under, other industry, is experiencing some type of pain point because of, of COVID and, you know, transportation is no different. Um, you, you had just mentioned the, you know, the DOTs for these states are, are failing the pension revenue. Eleanor, how bad is it out there? It's pretty bad. Uh, you know, one of the groups that we follow a lot is the American Association of State Highway and Transportation Officials, also known as AASHTO. AASHTO estimates a loss of $16 billion for state departments of transportation in fiscal year 2020 alone. And that's going to translate to uh, a lot more over the next few years. AASHTO estimates that state DOTs are going to need $37 billion through fiscal year 2024 to offset revenue losses. So states are, they're not doing so hot. You know, uh, Pennsylvania DOT estimated an overall drop of revenue about $800 million earlier this year. Uh, COVID cost the North Carolina DOT $300 million over just April, May, and June. So states are really, really feeling uh, the the pinch because of uh, that, that loss in that passenger vehicle uh, gas tax revenue. You had mentioned in your story that it's going to bounce back eventually, you know, you know, and also promising is the distribution of the, the COVID vaccine, you know, for 2021. That's a lot of a lot of things to look forward to. Um, in your reporting, you had mentioned the uh, U.S. DOT um, is extending and expanding its emergency declaration, offering hours of service relief to truckers to move these vaccines. Uh, what does your reporting tell us about the details of that um, declaration? Yeah, you know, USDOT is uh, being pretty active in uh, preparing for the the transport of these vaccines when they do, you know, hit hit vehicles and are ready to be moved. Uh, the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration uh, also uh, did some preparation work, and they extended and expanded the emergency declaration offering hours of service relief to truckers who are involved in the transport of these COVID-19 vaccines. They extended this declaration to February 28th. So we're stretching well into 2021 at this point. And that's going to, you know, like I said, apply to truckers who are providing direct assistance and support of those emergency efforts. And this is something that FMCSA had already put in place. You know, FMCSA at the beginning of the pandemic issued this uh, regu- uh, extension for truckers. They provided exemption for the hours of service rule. So this is merely extending something that we've seen actually extended several times. You know, they they issued it in the springtime and FMCSA keeps extending and expanding it. And now to kind of adapt to the transportation needs required uh, for this COVID vaccine, uh, they're offering the hours of service relief to drivers who are transporting vaccines, medical supplies, uh, supplies associated with testing and diagnosing COVID-19, um, all sorts of equipment, masks, gloves. So they're, you know, FMCSA is pretty good about rolling, you know, with the punches, especially uh, if DOT has already been active, which they have been. So this is gonna, this is gonna apply to drivers who are moving those vaccines, which we all really, really look forward to. 
so that's what uh, that's what DOT has been up to to offer truckers a little bit of regulatory relief during this time. You know, speaking of things to look forward to, um, the most important question I would like to ask you, Eleanor, is are you done with your Christmas shopping yet? Uh, no. Uh, the answer to that one is no. I, uh, I'm closing in on it. I'm, I'm almost there. Uh, I'm almost done with my shopping and I have not done any wrapping though. Uh, and I am worse at gift wrapping than I am at picking out gifts. So, uh, I guess that's better than the, uh, than the reverse, Michael. Okay. Well, it is Christmas Eve, so, <laughs> you, <know? laughs> so you, you don't have much time, um, but, uh, but Eleanor, yeah, thank you for, for joining us today Uh-oh. and just giving us a, a snapshot of, of how COVID is affecting the, uh, the industry and in this particular angle, the, uh, the you know, the, the, the tax situation and just the dis- distribution of vaccines, um, you know, hopefully will give us a, a, a bright future and an outlook for 2021. So um, th- thank you for your presence today. Oh, thanks for having me, Michael. I, I really enjoyed it. From time to time, an issue commands so much of the industry's attention that it requires a deeper dive, a resource readers can turn to, a transport topic special report. This month, we're turning our attention to another big issue, electrification and the key factors that will drive this industry trend. In every case, we're working to provide our readers with information, analysis, and clarity on key issues confronting fleets. One comprehensive resource packed with insights that can give you the edge. Transport Topics invites you to learn more about our special reports. To reserve your copy of the latest special report, visit ttn.ws forward slash electrification. Next up in our conversation about the COVID impact on 2020, we'll speak with Seth Clevenger, Managing Editor, Features of Transport Topics. Welcome back, Seth. Oh, it's great to be back on, Mike, and uh, good to talk with you. Nice to hear. Nice to hear. Hey, you know, one thing, um, b- before we kind of get into the the industry uh, scope of things, you know, I just want to open up with a with a personal reference, actually, you know, since uh, COVID has affected all of our lives in many ways, you know, through work and home. And, you know, when we first spoke to each other, I know, Seth, that you weren't a big fan of the work from home situation. And I, I kind of um, captured that in one of our past episodes. Uh, here, here's a quote from Albert Lee, Chief Technology Officer of Odyssey Logistics and Technology. And he kind of summarized your thoughts on this. Let's hear it. You know, I'm going to be... Uh a little bit uh, out there. And I'm going to say, you know, this work from home stuff, uh, you know, it can only work for so long. And uh, anyone that tells you that a Zoom call is just as effective, just as effective as an in-person meeting, they're lying to you. It's, it's a, it's a good bandaid for a very, very difficult situation. And I think, yeah, sure. We need to adapt uh, for the near term to maximize safety. So sure. We're going to be working from home a lot more just to make sure everyone's okay. Safety's first, right? But that that's going to be kind of the end of it. You know, we're going to have to start calibrating better and uh, we're going to make some decisions. Some things are going to need to be meetings. Some things are going to need to be calls and some things can be done by email, right? So maybe that five time a week routine may not be necessary, but here's my counterpoint. You know, without moments of human connection, you're going to lose the thing that makes your business the best, right? The corporate culture and your corporate identity. When people talk about Odyssey, they need to know that there's people behind it. And those people are, are working together, sitting together as a team. And I'll be honest, I, 
I can't wait to be spending more time with my colleagues. I'm, I'm here in the office. I saw my CEO earlier today. I saw the chief operating officer. I saw our VP of HR. Um, and uh, we're here because we need to work together. You know, um, through those changes, you know, uh, you know, we're kind of ushering in a new era of a new normal you know, with, with virtual hosting, you know, with companies like um, Zoom and Microsoft Teams, you know, they're slowly becoming mainstays in, in the office setting. Um, just from the position that where you're at, you know, you've been, you travel quite a bit and you, you speak with industry leaders um, in, in this industry. Uh, what's, how, how has that transition been? Well, it certainly has been an enormous change, Mike. You know, it's been, you know, uh, very unusual one to you know, work from home, you know, in many cases, uh, you know, it's not just us, it's, it's back office workers across the industry, logistics planners, dispatchers, fleet managers. Uh, some cases, maybe they're back to the office. In some cases, they may still be working remotely. And, and in some cases, it's, it's a, kind of a hybrid approach where you have a little bit of both. But that's been, you know, a big transition and really an, an abrupt shift for the industry uh, when this first hit you know, at the beginning of this year, uh, back in the, uh, the March timeframe, uh, since then, I think the industry has settled into, you know, this new temporary normal, uh, and we are certainly light at the end of the tunnel now with a vaccine and we can, uh, start to, to look forward to resuming something that, that looks like the old normal and, and getting back to, uh, working in person and also going to trade shows. Uh, that's something that, you know, maybe it's not the first thing you think about when you think about the disruption, but there's really a lot of, of work. There's a lot of planning. There's a lot of uh, collaboration that happens at these trade shows and conferences, uh, some of the landmark events on the industry calendar. And when, when those either are canceled or go virtual only, uh, you, you are missing out on something important. And you know, you can have a virtual meeting and you can replicate a lot of those conversations. You can still have that dialogue. And, and that's really helped us get through this year, some of the, the virtual conferences. And, and I've attended several, um, you know, remotely and, you know, I've gotten a lot out of them. You know, that being said, I, I certainly miss, um, you know, the opportunities to, to see people, you know, uh, to have those conversations in person. And also there's just so much in trucking, that you'll want to see in person, right? I mean, the equipment itself, the trucks, uh, the technology uh, is really not the same to just to just do it remotely. You know, there were a few you know, updated truck models that were launched this year by the, you know, the truck makers. And, you know, they put out some really cool videos and really cool events virtually. Uh, that being said, um, you know, you, you still miss being able to go to a trade show and actually see it on the show floor and, and ask your questions and, and really learn about what's happening. You know, because much of our industry is pretty tangible. It's, it's something you want to see in person. Uh, you know, that being said, of course, the you know the core of our industry is is the truck driver, and and truck drivers have uh, been on the front lines this whole time. You know, there's no option to go to to work remotely. Uh, you know, there's no remote uh, option uh, for for a truck driver uh, or, or a, a diesel technician, for example. Uh, so all of that has has continued and. It's the the back office personnel and, and the you know the management side of trucking that has been going through these you know abrupt uh, changes in in one where you work your work setting and and how you work and and now it's a lot of Zoom calls it's using you know applications like Teams and Slack you know, communications platforms to 
have some level of teamwork remotely uh, that's been important to to continue. And uh, you know, the technology has really allowed us to you know to to adapt to the situation. So you, you think a hundred years ago, the the Spanish flu epidemic, which is you know really the the last time we as a society went through something like this. Uh, you can imagine a hundred years ago without the technology we have today, what that must have been like. Uh, but uh, it, it shows you, you know, how far we've come and, and you know, we've been able to adapt. But that being said, I, I can't wait for uh, uh, the first trade shows of, of 2021. I'm not quite sure when those will arrive in the calendar year, but uh, hopefully early on in the year, uh, you know, maybe toward the, you know, the beginning of the, of the second quarter, we'll start to see some semblance of, of normalcy. And you know, maybe that's a little optimistic, but we'll have to just see how it plays out. Uh, I'm definitely looking for looking forward to getting back on the road. Um, you know, it's, you know, in my role at transport topics, that's, you know, one of my primary opportunities to learn and just to really see what's happening out there, get a feel for the issues, get a feel for uh, new technology, new equipment that's being introduced to the industry. And, and I certainly miss it. I'm sure, um, many others across our industry feel exactly the same. I'm sure they do. The, um, you know, when you're talking about new equipment and new software, you, you have the, uh, CES, um, usually in Las Vegas, um, you know, they're holding their event, uh, virtually on uh, January 11th, I believe. Um, you know, that's just one instance that, that you were just talking about, just kind of, uh, having something, something tangible to look at, you know, as, um, as a um, you know, viable person in, in, in the industry, you know, the industry, you know, do you think it's for better or for worse, you know, getting into this virtual environment? I mean, there, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's some lessons to be learned. That's absolutely right. I mean, I think that we've, we can all take away something from this experience. You know, I think that uh, perhaps we found that uh, some tasks, some elements of our work, you know, we can do remotely uh, and we can do well remotely. And I think it's also really illustrated in some cases, the importance of communication, the importance of teamwork, the importance of uh, also having the right technology that enables that. Uh, if you are really you know, dependent on being in a physical location at your desk at all times, uh, that's, that's an obstacle, that's, that's a limitation. Uh, and, and I think that the companies that have made uh, some of the stronger investments in software and technology to, to really help run their businesses better uh, really saw those investments pay off, you know, even more than normal during a time like this, where uh, not only are, are you moving to this remote work situation, but you're also dealing with a really disruptive environment, you know, just a, to, to many business lines, you know, it really depends, you know, which sector of the economy you're serving as a trucking company as a logistics provider, but, uh, pretty much everybody had to adjust on some level. And in some cases they, they may have had, you know, one business line where their customers just had a, a just saw demand for, you know, freight demand just really plummet. And in other cases it, it skyrocketed. So how do you shift your, uh, operations to, um, to support the customers who need it, where you may see surges in activity and, uh, keep, uh, you know, hopefully keep your employees working and, and busy. And, you know, it's been a tough time um, for, you know, for, for many in the industry, but uh, having the, the right freight visibility, having the right uh, fleet tracking technology, the right uh, dispatch software, uh, all those pieces have, have come together. And um, 
you know, when you go through a pandemic like this, I think it exposes any weaknesses in your operations and your business processes. And, uh, you know, this hopefully has been an opportunity to, to patch some of those holes and, and fix some of the, uh, those weaknesses. And, you know, there, there's a good chance that we're going to, you know, hit the ground running in 2021, um, in, in a better position and, you know, utilizing some of these, these learning experiences, uh, that have come about across the, over the course of the year. You know, that was one of the things that we were talking about, Eleanor Lamb, um, earlier in the program, just about how there are different pain points well, in various industries when it comes to the coronavirus. And, you know, in the trucking industry is, has been no different. Um, she had talked about just kind of uh, what uh, what trucking companies have been going through in the uh, Department of Transportations for various states, kind of feeling a, a tax revenue pinch. You know, um, but you know, we kind of had the, the, the first, uh, I guess, true impact on sh- supply chain visibility uh, sometime around May. Um, you know, that's kind of when it was sort of on the, on, on the radar uh, of the industry. Um, could you elaborate on the process that fleets were taking in anticipation for, for the pandemic? Well, yeah, this is this has certainly been a, a real stress test on the supply chain. You know, if you think back to the you know the earliest days of the pandemic, there was this initial you know rush just to distribute uh, PPE, personal protective equipment, uh, medical supplies like ventilators uh, were in, in short supply in uh, New York City, you know, getting those to hospitals, and of course there was just this spike in consumer demand for cleaning products and paper products flying off the shelves. Uh, so there was a, a just sort of an immediate. Uh, response that uh, supply chains, you know, uh, logistics companies and, and and carriers and shippers all had to make these adjustments to to meet the demand. Uh, and I think that you know, for the mo- most part, uh, the industry did a fine job of of adjusting on the fly. But uh, then you think about uh, all the steps they took beyond that, just to help protect their employees and their customers from the virus. So I mean, you think about. Uh, how quickly companies distributed PPE and hand sanitizer to their drivers and uh, their logistics workers, warehouse workers, uh, implemented social distancing procedures and so on. You know, that was uh, an important step early in the process. And then uh, all these companies have had to deal with the financial impact, you know, and as I mentioned earlier, it really depends on, you know, which sector of the economy uh, you serve. If you're a, a tank truck carrier delivering fuel, for example, uh, this has been really tough because fewer people have been traveling. You know, there's just been uh, not as much demand for um, for gasoline, and and it's been it's been tough on on some some carriers in, in that business line. But uh, then again, if you supply grocery stores, uh, you've probably been very busy. Uh, same thing for e-commerce fulfillment. You know, you think about all the packages that have been ordered, and uh, you, you talk to some of the uh, package couriers and online retailers and e-commerce companies. And, and they'll tell you that basically it's been peak season, you know, most of the, you know, the second half of the year, it's been just almost a continuous, you know, peak season mode, but because demand has been so high and to the point where, uh, you know, consumers are, be, have been encouraged this year to, to get their shopping done early, you know, to don't wait to the last minute to do your, your Christmas, your holiday shopping, you know, get your, uh, orders in soon rather than waiting to the last minute, you know, during this, uh, this stress test on e-commerce fulfillment. Uh, so there's, there's just been so many different, uh, impacts and, uh, you know, that's, that's yet another. And, you know, I'll just say that, uh, you know, that, that, re- that flexibility 
you know, that's, that's been necessary to shift capacity and resources where they're needed uh, has been a real stress test. And, you know, technology uh, in, in various forms, uh, whether it's software uh, to manage your fleet or um, tracking technology to, to monitor your assets, your, your trucks and your trailers, uh, has been uh, really important to enabling that flexibility. In times like these, it's crucial to stay informed. Transport Topics is offering all the information you need to make business decisions in these unprecedented times. And in the wake of the many event cancellations and group gatherings, TT ensures a virtual way to consume business content and conversation. To join the conversation and stay ahead of the news, follow Transport Topics on all social outlets or by visiting ttn.ws forward slash stay informed. You know, one of the things that you were talking about just with the flexibility of, um, you know, maintaining a, a steady pace for, it, well, I guess maintaining a steady pace in the supply chain. One of the things that I've noticed is the, uh, just kind of the individual efforts of, of some truckers going above and beyond, you know, their, their duties. And we highlight, we highlighted that in the, in our, um, frontline heroes project, um, that was done earlier this year. I think that this pandemic, you know, just provides a time for, you know, people to be, uh, you know, more caring and, and, uh, more understanding to, you know, the, the struggles that, that most of this country is facing for the, the, the pandemic. But, but as with anything, the pandemic will pass and, the, but the effects and our attitudes towards it will, will linger. Um, Seth, what have you been hearing in, in anticipation for the new year uh, about, you know, the, the, what the future holds? I know earlier you had said that, you know, we'll probably hit the ground running. What, what would that look like? Yeah. And, and Mike, I'll start by picking up on, on one of your comments about, you know, sort of the industry's image and, uh, you know, the perception of the general uh, public. And that I think will be one of the lasting uh, effects of this and uh, in our industry, and at least I, I certainly hope that's the case. Uh, there's been just this uh, groundswell of you know appreciation and recognition, uh, you know, not just for the the medical field, um, you know, all the the healthcare providers who, of course, uh, you know, been you know the, the heroes of a time like this, but uh, um, also uh, trucking and logistics are are absolutely in that same category. They've you know, not just, you know, they're, they're always essential workers. You know, we, we always rely on, on trucks and supply chains and, and logistics providers to uh, make sure that freight moves and our economy can, can continue to move forward, even during a, a you know, global pandemic like this. Um, and, but, but it just is, is more obvious. It's more apparent to, um, to the, the, the population at large during an event like this. And, you know, I, I hopefully that, you know, you think of an industry like trucking and too often it's, it's kind of in the background, uh, for people, I think, you know, it's, it's just sort of the nuts and bolts of our economy. It's, it's, um, not really something you think about much as you, you know, go to the store and you, you know, go shopping and, and you pick up whatever is on the shelf. And, uh, you know, that, that of course a truck was able to, uh, to deliver, uh, but, you know, hopefully uh, one of the lasting impacts of this uh, event in, in trucking will be greater recognition for uh, the essential role uh, that our industry plays. You know, it's, there's, there's no economy, there's no, you know, our, our, our way of life 
depends on the transportation industry um, every day. And, you know, there, I think there's going to be a, hopefully a lasting uh, impact there and a, a, la- a lasting impression on the public. And, you know, I think that that will serve the industry well and, and maybe uh, help with uh, things like uh, recruiting, driver recruiting uh, as well. Uh, so that's certainly something that we'll be, be watching in the, you know, the years ahead. Um, other things that are on the radar, of course, uh, vaccine distribution. You know, this is going to be uh, a Herculean task. You, know, you think about, you know, the United States, it's you know, 300 plus million people alone um, in our country that, uh, you know, will uh, hopefully uh, take the vaccine. Um, and, and that's just, there's just so many, uh, you know, the, the transportation and logistics challenge is, is immense. Uh, so we'll be watching that very closely as it develops. Uh, in many cases, it's not just transporting the vaccine, but also at extremely low temperatures um, to is, is part of the requirements. And uh, that will be something that will be a big story going into the new year. Uh, as far as uh, freight demand, you know, we already saw, you know, in, in many categories, uh, freight categories, a really strong snapback in the second half of 2020. And hopefully uh, that will continue, you know, into the new year. And, and by most indications, I think it will. Uh, there's, there's still some sectors, of course, that are held back by this and, and will be for some time longer. Um, and, and I think we will probably need that, uh, you know, the, the vaccine to be widely available uh, for people to be, you know, fully comfortable. And, and we, because it's not just, you know, regulations, it's not just, uh, um, you know, any sort of stay at home order or businesses choosing to be open or closed or anything like that, or, or public safety guidance. It's also uh, public perception and uh, confidence. You know, people need to feel comfortable uh, going back out to a restaurant and, and willing to do it. Uh, when will we be at that point? Uh, I think that will be, you know, that will improve over time as more people are vaccinated, as more people are Hopefully we get a, a, a handle on the, the current surge in cases uh, that we're seeing uh, and uh, hopeful that, uh, uh, you know, as we get a little bit in, deeper into 2021, uh, that we'll st- really start to see uh, some return to normalcy over time uh, in those months. Uh, other lasting effects, I mean, you think about all the packages that have been ordered uh, online I don't think that's going to go away. You know, e-commerce, of course, has been growing for uh, many years now, uh, but this really was this pandemic was really an accelerator of that trend. And it was fueled uh, even more growth in e-commerce. I, I think that that is here to stay. Um, that's not to say that there won't be some return to you know shopping in person uh, as it becomes safer, but uh, yeah, I do think that e-commerce growth is just moved ahead by a, you know, the timeline, but by, by a couple of years as a result of this experience. Just wanted to add to that, that point, just where, you know, there's, they're going to, there's going to be some, some types of uh, protocol that will, will be installed way after this pandemic has passed that will help the, the, the industry be more efficient. I, I think you're, I think you're right on to that. I think the, qu- the question will be, you know, what will it be? You know, you, you had mentioned, you know, people ordering online and getting packages. Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure there's, there might be something that we are not even 
touching upon that would be sort of a mainstay probably long after we're gone. Yeah, well, it's going to be a lot, uh, I think, in terms of business management, business processes. Uh, you know, we, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but you know, I think that remote work as an option will probably be more common um, as, as a result of this. You know, there will be a move back to offices and back to in-person work, but uh, maybe more allowances for things like that uh, across the industry and across many industries. Uh, we'll also see, you know, specific to the supply chain, uh, maybe it's, it's, it's time to reevaluate uh, certain uh, supply chains for certain product lines. Um, you know, you think about, you know, especially PPE, uh, you know, masks and gloves. Uh, in many cases, that's been, you know, imported from China and it's like, there's a whole process there. Uh, so some of that might be uh, nearshored, either, um, you know, places like Canada and Mexico uh, back in the U.S. Uh, I think that we may see a, a long-term trend toward nearshoring in some cases. Uh, that that's something that uh, for again for certain product lines for certain types of products that can be essential, um, especially during a public health crisis like we're we're still going through. Uh, that's something that I think that will be reevaluated over time. You know, of course, it's, it doesn't. You know, happen overnight if you want to shift production from one country to another or you know, source a product from one country uh, or one place to a, another. But that is something that, that may have an impact on North American uh, cross-border trade uh, over time. Uh, but we'll be watching that. Uh, you know, that being said, there's still um, enormous volumes of uh, 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 shipments and, and container volumes at the you know, the West coast ports and, and that's not going to change. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that, uh, we, we, we're going to see probably some recalibration of supply chains, um, in the United States and around the world, uh, as, as part of this as well. Well, Seth, I appreciate you coming on and just giving us a, a take on 2020 and the, the impact that, that this disease, um, had, uh, has, a on all of us and, you know, the business in, in, in general. But before we wrap up, uh, I, I want to discuss something that's very important. Um, since this is Christmas Eve, have you finished your shopping? <laughs> yeah. Well, I've uh, followed my own advice. I did shop early and uh, I am done. Uh, so yes, I am 100% finished. I'm, I'm proud to say that is usually not the case. So that this was a, a change in my personal behavior. Uh, usually I'm much more of a last minute shopper and, uh, you know, braving the, the crowds. Uh, but, uh, now I thought ahead this year, uh, did most of it online. Uh, and I am all set with, uh, you know, uh, a few weeks to spare. So, um, you know, it's, uh, uh, I, I recommend that everybody not wait to the last minute, uh, this particular year. Uh, and I'm sure you're, uh, uh, you're the, the transportation folks who will, uh, deliver your packages will, will appreciate that. <laughs> great advice. Great advice. <laughs> well, um, you know, Seth, uh, I really appreciate you being on the show. Feel free to be a guest anytime that you <laughs> right. like. Well, thank you, Mike. Uh, great conversation. You too. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays and, and all the rest. Did you know you can ask Alexa to open transport topics? In just one minute, you will hear the biggest trucking headlines of that day. Be prepared and start your morning off right with Transport Topics. Before we close, 
Let's take a moment to revisit our original question. How has COVID-19 affected the trucking industry? As this year comes to an anxiously awaited end, it's often best to reflect on the past. However, 2020 was not just any year. Personally, in the beginning of the year, there was so much to look forward to, just in the little things. For instance, our social holidays like the 4th of July, Halloween, and even this Christmas landed on a Saturday this year. In that regard, the future seemed bright. Unfortunately, during the spring, everyone's world was turned upside down by the novel coronavirus. For most, life and business halted to a standstill. While the abrupt change of pace put many businesses on life support, the trucking industry has been, no pun intended, trucking along. That being said, adjustments were needed as pain points like the aforementioned tax revenue shortfalls and supply chain stress were exposed. Diesel gas and class eight truck sales took a slight hit, but currently those sales numbers are rebounding as the industry and its partners are holding ground to navigate a new normal. As for 2021, we'll see how the industry will take the lessons of 2020 and implement them to create a stronger, more efficient trucking landscape. Lastly, on behalf of the transport topics and road signs team, I would like to wish everyone a happy holidays and a happier, healthier, and more loving and living new year. Peace be with you and your family, and most importantly, be safe. If you enjoyed this episode of Road Signs, please let others know. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. If my questions have sparked questions of your own, share them with the Road Signs team, or reach me on Twitter at Michael V. Freeze. You can email us at share at ttnews.com. We'll read them and respond daily. And of course, We'll be back in two weeks in 2021 with Seth Clevenger and a new series on road signs. Until then, I'm Michael Freeze. Thank you for listening.